I'm Zach Weiss, and you're listening to Across the Cavs on the Basketball Podcast Network. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome inside the latest edition of Across the Cavs. It is February 22nd. 2021 and coming up in just a few short minutes we'll have john michael the play-by-play announcer for your cleveland cavaliers but this is a busy day in Cavs history so let's run through all the moves that have happened on february 22nd over the years in Cavs kingdom seven different players have signed 10-day contracts for the Cavs on february 22nd marcus thornton did it in 2018 but he never suited up for the team Derek Williams in 2017, the high flyer, had some great moments in a Cleveland uniform. Marinze Onuaku, former Syracuse product, joining the squad six years prior. We remember one of these two very well. There was Canyon Dickens, who signed a couple of 10-day contracts, but did not stick. And then Billy Thomas. Billy Thomas signed two 10-days, stuck around for the year. Remember, he had that big performance for the team on ESPN. Made about four or five threes. He was letting it fly every time. They were very shorthanded. I remember when Billy Thomas got a very fair opportunity. James Thomas signing in 2005. Larry Kettner doing the same in 2000. In 1998, the Cavs inking Carl Thomas, their third Thomas transaction on February 22nd in this mention. The first in order, of course. In 1998, he got a regular steal. And former first-round pick Randolph Keyes sent to Charlotte on this day in 1990. Two Cavs birthdays. One of them was dunked on by Shaq. They had some legendary beef. He turns 58. He's the worst free-throw shooter in the history of the game. So maybe Shaq threw the basketball at him because he was worried that someone might be worse than him at free-throws. He was right. Chris Dudley, just like Bill Lambeer before him. A storied big, Dudley storied for slightly different reasons, who began his days in the NBA and what was a lengthy career in Cleveland. So happy 58th birthday to you, Chris Dudley. And second NBA birthday on the day, he turns 37. He's not in the league right now. Rajon Rondo had some incredible performances for the Cavs a season ago. He Cobb in their playing tournament success. Can you call it success if they didn't win? Not really, but he played well on the floor. Rondo had some good moments, some double-digit assist games. And if you look up at across Cavs, Rajon Rondo, you'll see any good game he had, I wrote about it. He had some good moments. Not sure we'll see him in the league again for one reason or another. But Rajon Rondo, once our bitter rival, turned teammate. Happy 37th to you. We'll be back with more after this. John Michael, up next. Welcome back, folks. As mentioned, John Michael, play-by-play voice of your Cleveland Cavaliers, joining us now. John, a pleasure to speak early on this Wednesday morning as the NBA is finally almost back to us again. I agree. Ready to go, Zach. It's crazy that we only have about 20 games remaining here in the uh, unofficial second half of the season. So uh, nice that the Cavs position themselves well, and uh, off we go for the final stretch. Yeah, just 23 games remaining for the season. Make that, I think, 21 games. Yeah, it's going to be a very quick six weeks, and then the play-in begins, and 
than everybody's favorite time of the year, the NBA postseason. And while the NBA has been, I guess you can call it quote unquote hiatus, NBA All Star Weekend does take up a couple of days, but when it ends, you have three more nights of no competitive basketball on the television, at least from the NBA level. And obviously, Jason Tatum was the one that claimed the MVP, breaking an all-star record with 55. But, Sean, pretty cool. Donovan Mitchell donning the Cavs uniform, no pun intended there, uh, for the first time as a Cavalier. And he had an impressive Sunday where 40 points, nearly, oh, I think he had 10 assists as well. And proud, uh, proudly putting on for the for the 216. Yeah, and you knew he would. I mean, he's back in his old stomping grounds. And, you know, for a player who seems to play his best when the lights the brightest, uh, I don't think anybody was surprised at his performance. No question. Uh, great to see him representing the Cavaliers. Of course, the Cavs last season uh, had both uh, Darius Garland and Jared Allen. This season is Donovan Mitchell uh, doing the honors. And, of course, obviously he made the team proud. But I, I think, you know, more importantly for this team, he's played at such a high level all season long at an all-star level. And to see him continue it and go to his fourth straight I think is important, but to see him be able to flourish in this Cavs system after we saw what he did in the previous three seasons in Utah to come to the Cavs and and almost even be better. Yeah, John, uh, great point. You know, he, he's been playing some incredible basketball in Cleveland. You can't argue that, that he's been better even than he was in Utah, which included a 57-point uh, game in the first playoff game of the bubble some historic moments, obviously topping that with 71 this year. And John, the guy he was traded for, Lowry Markinen, also present at All-Star Weekend. It's been really cool, I'm sure for you guys as well, having called to called him last year, see him prospering in his new role this season. I agree. He's a good, good young man, and he's playing his best basketball right now. I think it's a system that that fits him well. It's nice to see Colin Sexton out there during the festivities as well. Of course, Ochai Abaji and the picks uh, traded as well for Donovan Mitchell. But, uh, yeah, to see Lowry Markinen playing his best basketball, I think, you know, really his best basketball prior to this season came over the summer when he was playing for Team Finland. Uh, you know, just how free and easy he was playing and aggressive. I think that's something, it's an area that he's been trying to improve in his NBA game, that aggressiveness, uh, and he's done it this year out in Utah. Like I said, it's a system that fits him. It's a team that, that fits his game right now. Uh, and, and these are the kind of things, these are the kind of trades that make, you know, make everybody feel good in the NBA. I think Utah's happy with what they did considering where they are, uh, you know, in the organizational cycle in the NBA. And obviously the Cavs are happy to the heights that Donovan Mitchell has taken them and hopefully will continue to do so throughout the rest of the season and into the playoffs as well. So I think it works out for everybody. And, yeah, no question, we certainly wish Lowry the best, and it's great to see him thrive out there in Utah. And another guy he's starting with, along with Colin Sexton, is Jordan Clarkson, who's a first-year full-time starter since his second season in the NBA as a member of the Lakers. How cool has it also kind of been, John? Obviously, we saw Jordan Clarkson – originally on the, on the contender calves and then on the rebuilding calves. And how cool has it kind of been to see him capture that starting role and, and play so well? Cause I feel like it's based on what happened to the end of his calves run. He was always capable of this too. Well, we love Jordan and I, I, no question he's capable of doing this. And I think sometimes you could pigeonhole 
into a role, you know, and you know, some thought that that was just what he was going to do, come off the bench his whole career, and that's what he was best suited to do. And I think he proved everybody wrong. I, I think he also showed everybody what kind of a passer he is. You know, Jordan isn't just out there shooting anymore. He, he's setting up teammates, and he's part of what, you know, made the Jazz explode out of the gates. What a start that team had to the season. You know, they've cooled down a little bit, but Jordan Clarkson's a big part of that team's success. And, yeah, I think all of us who who saw him play in Cleveland knew what he was capable of, and that's another it's another good young man uh, I, I think that a lot of people here are, are really happy for in terms of his success. Yeah, no no question. It's a Jazz team that's just a half game out of the NBA's play-in tournament, all while fielding a brand-new starting lineup from last season. So we'll keep our eyes over there, and we'll close out on All-Star Weekend with this, John. Not everybody saw it live, but everybody's seen the video since. Mac McClung, who only signed with the Sixers on Friday, likely so that he can have an NBA jersey to wear for the contest, coming in, dunking up a storm. Are there any players that maybe he reminds you of, just watching him get up like that? Because we knew he could dunk. We've seen his highlight tapes. But doing it in the contest is incredible. Yeah, I think what makes him unique is that I don't think there are too many people like him, certainly not in dunk competition history. And it, what a story. I mean, it, you know, he was slated to uh, be represent the G League in the dunk contest before he was signed. Actually, we were in Philadelphia right before he got signed. So he was on the roster when the Cavs were in Philadelphia in the final game before the All-Star break. Uh, and just to see <laughs> just to see the joy he brought to so many people there was, was really fun to watch. And the fact that he... He nearly equaled his professional basketball salary by, just by winning the dunk competition. It was great to see as well. So he got he got paid too, did Mac. So I here's hoping that he is a uh, continues to have a, a career where you know he can make people smile and get some time. Hopefully in the NBA, played two games last season. Um, now on that Philadelphia roster, and, and we'll see if they can use him the rest of the year. But hey, hats off to Mac, and he certainly made that a. A fun competition and a fun night out there in Salt Lake City. Yeah, he absolutely did, John. And we have got more after this on the Cavs' second half hopes and projections after a word from DraftKings. NBA fans, it's time to bring the hoops action to the palm of your hands with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. This week, new customers can bet $5 and win $200 in bonus bets instantly. Go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app today. Opt in and place the same game parlay on any NBA game. And if it doesn't hit, you'll get a bonus back. You know how I'm always thinking. Got to look at the Cavs. We've got the Pistons and Pelicans coming up over the next couple of days. So I'm always going to be looking. Cavs money line. I'm going to go under because of the impressive defense they've been playing this season. And I'll always go for Darius Garland assists. He's done a fantastic job facilitating this season. It's easy money. You know, I know, we all know, easy money. So download the app now and sign up with code TDPN. New customers can bet $5 on the NBA and get $200 in bonus bets instantly. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA with code TDPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Welcome back, folks. Zach Weiss here, latest edition of Across the Cavs with play-by-play man John Michael. And we, we've been talking, John, about, about all-star events and how certain things would go. So if 
We're having an all-cabs contest. Let's say we're putting in Darius Garland, Donovan Mitchell, Dean Wade, Jetty Osman, Danny Green, and Karis LeVert. Who would be your pick to come away victorious? In what, a three-point competition? Three-point contest among those six, yes. Well, based upon the pure numbers, I mean, Darius is the man who can shoot it. I mean, he is – I think – you want to talk about something that's overlooked this season, Zach. I mean, Darius was an all-star last year, and his numbers this season are just about the same. And remember, he's deferring, you know, 27 points of scoring to Donovan Mitchell. The guy's shooting threes this season at well over 41%. Leads the team in that category. So, that, like, <laughs> I don't mean to change the subject, but I, I A, I would pick Garland, but B, I would pick him because that three-point shooting continues to be outstanding and i think he's one of the most overlooked players in the league right now not just on this cavalier team but in the league you know he's had to wildly adjust his game you know he's used to having the ball in his hands all the time usage rate super high last season now there's another guy who can score who can pass the basketball who can get his teammates involved and garland it's taken a while for those two to be able to to coexist at their highest level and i think there's still work to be done in that backcourt, but you know, it's, it's something that they've worked through and something that they've gotten into a really good spot. Uh, as you can see during the winning streak, right before the all-star break and what this, this duo was done in the backcourt. So I'd take Donovan. I mean, I'd take Darius Garland in that competition uh, in big part because you know, what he continues to do from behind the three point line, but you know, let's not overlook what Darius has done this season uh, in terms of the, the year that he's had so far. Yeah, very well said. And we saw him drop 51 on Minnesota when Donovan was still out. You know, we saw, if you look at the numbers, since the 16th of January, Mitchell, or excuse me, Garland doing it too. Garland's made at least two threes in every game but two. So that's 14 out of 16. One game he had one, and the other game, which was a win against the Spurs, he did all his work from inside the arc. This includes... Four games of at least five threes on the year. And then you look at this best games he's had. He's hit at least five threes on seven occasions. He had that game where he hit 10. He has another four games with four. If you make it three threes, he adds another eight. In all, Garland's hit multiple threes in 36 and made at least one in all but three of his appearances. So obviously, the Cavs like when he makes his shots. Garland is an incredible point guard. He does a lot of fantastic things on the floor. And then I guess, John, well, we'll finish up on this. We won't go too deep, but somebody has to knock off or somebody has to get to the finals to face Darius Garland. Who would that second guy be? Would it be the backcourt battle? Yeah, I think Donovan Mitchell has just proven that he can <laughs> shoot that shot pretty well, right? I mean, time and time again, he, multiple five plus three point games this season. And uh, I just like what he brings to this team. Uh, you know, he's he's such a three-level threat. He can get to the rim. He can kill you in the mid-range. And boy, like I said, he can shoot that three ball. So I, I'd say probably take Mitchell second. Uh, you know, his percentages are terrific, too. He's up at 39% right now this season. Uh, and he's been great, you know. So uh, I don't think he can go wrong, you know, with any of those guys. But I'll take the Cavs starting backcourt uh, in that competition. Yeah, I'm with you on that. You can't bet against Mitchland. Garchill, whatever you want to call uh, that Cavs backcourt duo. And then 
We talk about roster additions in the form of Mac McClung. The Cavs bringing in old friend 14 years later, Danny Green, right before the deadline, or right before the All-Star break, rather. He did suit up for a game, knocked in his first basket as a Cav since March of 2010. Uh, and with that said, John, how important is it to have a guy like Danny Green? He won a title with Toronto, with the Spurs, and with the Lakers around the locker room. And it's a guy who's been in the city before, too. I love the addition of Danny Green. I, I, I love it. You know, he's a great story. You know, he's a young man who, you know, when he came into the league, only played a handful of games with the Cavs, just 20 games. His rookie campaign, uh, you know, went over to the Spurs, didn't play much in his his second NBA season with the Spurs comes all the way up and all this postseason experience, 165 postseason games, third most among active players. Only LeBron and uh, Andre Iguodala have played more postseason games among active players right now and to win three titles. It's a wonderful story. And the guy's a winner and everywhere he goes, people have nothing but great things to say about him. I mean, he's a wonderful locker room guy. So all things considered, I mean, he's a, it's a really low-risk move for a high-ceiling type player who can bring in basically, you know, a lot of the things that the Cavs need, not just that leadership, but another guy who can fire that three. And, you know, I, I think that that postseason experience is priceless. You know, the Cavs don't have a lot of guys who have been through the ringer in terms of that the postseason and, and what it's all about. And they're going to have to get ready for that really soon. I think an addition of a player like Danny Green can go go a long, long, long way. So I, I love the addition. It's happy to have Danny on board. Yeah, big fan as well. His ability to, to knock down the shot and bring vocal leadership will be critical, especially since he replaces a guy that's now in Miami. And I'll, I'm not going to bring that up. I'm sure you guys will have plenty of comments and great coverage on the broadcasts over the next couple of days talking about Kevin Love's departure. But with Kevin being gone now and Danny kind of being the veteran, how important do you think it'll be, John, for him to obviously, we know he was not going to play a ton of minutes, but to maybe lead by example on the court, maybe during times where the Cavs go through a cold stretch, maybe compared to just offering vocal leadership from the bench. Oh, I'm sure he will. And, and I, yeah, I don't think they bring him in here just to be a cheerleader either, Zach. You know, I think he is going to play. I think, you know, <laughs> I don't think I don't think JB was planning on playing him in Philadelphia. To be honest with you, that game just went south so quickly. He said, "You know what? I'm going to try to change some things up, get somebody out here who can hit some shots." Uh, and he went to Danny, and Danny did settle the ship out there in his first game as a Cav. Right? Doesn't know the system, doesn't know anything, but comes over here and did a you know a heck of a job in that first game. So I, I think it's I think it is going to be twofold. I think yes, he's going to be huge in that locker room on the practice floor. Uh, you know, in terms of getting this team ready and helping out where he can, but he, he's going to play. And I think they brought him in here to be able to hit some threes and, and bring some veteran leadership off a bench that at times this season has been really up and down. You know, it's, it's been a Jekyll and Hyde show at times in terms of those reserves. I think, you know, Ricky Rubio coming back to full strength clearly is going to, you know, steady that ship. But I think it's a bench that has been uneven at times and needs some veteran leadership. And I hopefully, uh, you know, think that Danny Green's going to fit that bill perfectly. Yeah, very excited, you know, to see what he'll bring in a more steady role. Now that we'll have more time, you know, with the team together. And John, as we, we look ahead to this second part of the season, there's a chance for the Cavs to officially clinch something they haven't done without LeBron James since I was two. It goes back to the 97-98 season. That is clinch 
a guaranteed playoff spot with LeBron James not present. The last time that happened was the 97-98 season. So as we come into the second half, well, really the second part, Cavs have 21 games left. Last year, similar situation. Unfortunately, Jared Allen went down. Everyone had to shift, and Moses Brown became the starting center. They lost their anchor. They lost some games, ended up in the play With health aside, what do you think are the most important factors for the Cavs on the court to just kind of maintain this, this steadiness to ensure that they're able to kind of secure that top six? Well, you're right that health is number one. You know, we saw what happened last season. But again, with an eye to last season, I think now it's, all right, we saw what happened last year. We saw the Cavs start to sink and slowly, you know, end up in that play-in tournament. We all know how that finished. You know, right now, it's I, I coming into the season, the goal, at least the way I looked at it, was let's just stay top six. Let's make sure you maintain a playoff spot and get in there. I think now, you know, if they can assure top six, which, again, there are some teams breathing down the Cavs' neck right now. That's not a foregone conclusion they still have some work to do with these 21 games left you know state top six and goal number two is let's try to stay top four and get home court advantage coming into the second half the nets are two and a half games behind we know how that team has changed uh in terms of their roster moving forward i still think that's a playoff team brooklyn but obviously they don't have the two superstars anymore in kevin durant and kyrie irving the knicks are four and a half games behind the Cavs, and the heat are five games behind the Cavs with the Knicks in six and the Heat in seventh. And believe me, when I tell you this is the Heat's time, this is the time when that team tends to make a charge. So, you know, the Cavs are going to have to play good basketball. And I think in terms of, you know, what factors are important, health, number one, and and two, just learn a lesson from last year. And you have to keep bringing it, you know, in game 62 through 82 the rest of the way. So, you know, we'll see how it plays out. I think the team did learn its lesson, but I mean, you know, and again, we say that, but injuries did play a major factor last year when you're a team that bases your existence, bases your success upon defense and you lose a player like Jared Allen, you know, those results are somewhat predictable in what happened down the stretch last year. So again, hopefully this team can stay healthy, maintain where they are right now. And, uh, you know, hopefully be a top four team uh, at the end of the regular season. You're getting home court advantage in an arena like the rock would mean so much for the team to know that if something happens on the road, they can just come back uh, to the two, one, six faithful and know that they'll have their back. They'll bring the noise and they'll provide the spark that was missing in the road arena. And obviously you, know, you talk about defense this year, the Cavs, Jared Allen and Evan Mobley are top two in the league in defensive win shares. And it's really no surprise. They get their hands on everything. Evan Mobley's had a monumental impact this season. So the final point I'll make and question I'll ask is this, John, as with 21 games remaining, you know, we talk about defense and it seems the biggest change for the Cavs on their winning streak and their hot play of late are this, the defense of the two youngest guys they've got in Isaac Okoro and Evan Mobley, who seem to look like veterans on that side of the ball when the game is on the line. Yeah, they're really impressive, uh, both of them. And, you know, we'll, we'll start with Mobley. You know, you forget sometimes that this kid's only 21. You forget other times that he's seven feet tall because he's just so agile and able to handle the ball offensively. And he has such a high IQ. And he, he can pass the ball. So, well, period, for an NBA or let alone for a big man, uh, he's just really impressive, you know. And defensively, he's even better than, you know, even more advanced than what he is 
offensively right now. And it's the reason that the Cavs work because they have those big, switchable, versatile players inside in Mobley and Allen. You know, you remember when Mobley got drafted, a question you know, on draft night, people were asking coming into the season, can he play alongside Jared Allen, right? Is he, is he versatile enough to play alongside Allen? Not only was he versatile enough to play alongside Allen, they threw another seven-footer in there with Lowry Marketing, and he was able to play with those two guys effectively. Yeah, Mobley's special. He really is, and particularly on the defensive end. You watch him on a nightly basis, and he'll show you something different every game. How about Isaac Okoro? He was a player who you know, a lot of people were frustrated with offensively. You know, you heard it all the time. You know, what's wrong with Isaac? He's not scoring. He's not hitting his shots. This kid just persevered and kept working and didn't care. You know, just came out, put his hard hat on every night and did what he needed to do. And we know what he can do defensively. And don't forget, too, Zach, a lot of times, you know, he's he's outsized in the assignments that he gets. You know, when the Cavs need to handle a LeBron or a Durant or, you know, players of that ilk, a Giannis, right? A lot of times you're seeing a Coral trying to deal with players that big and that strong. That's not easy to do, and he doesn't complain. And he, you know, it takes his job night after night. He's he's a kid who he's really easy to root for, and to see him have success, not only defensively, but the way he's been shooting the ball. You know, put in the hard work. We talk about it so many times on the broadcast, and, and it's you know that hard work is truly paying off. It's reaping dividends right now in terms of his shot, which has been coming around. He can continue to hit consistently, hit that corner three. Boy, does that open things up so dramatically for this Cavalier team. You know, if they need to pay attention to him in those corners, you know, the driving lanes suddenly are, are much wider and there's much more room to move that basketball around. So he's a really important cog to what the Cavs are doing, you know, this season and moving forward. And his success is going to be a telltale sign of how much success I think the Cavs are going to have. So, you know, th- th- those two, Okoro and Mobley, Huge, huge reasons why the Cavs currently have the top defensive rating in the NBA, uh, and hopefully it continues throughout the rest of the season right on into the playoffs. Yeah, Coro has now made a three-pointer in seven straight games, which has been monumental, just the ability to space the floor and, and keep the defense honest. He's had two plus threes in 10 games, having accomplished that feat 14 times a year ago. He's proven, as with that game against Phoenix, his rookie year, he can score. He's been in double figures. On 15 occasions, the Cavs are 12 and three in those contests. One of those losses was to Memphis by one, where Akara went six for six. He's had six games in which he shot 100% or better. Four of those games in which he shot at least four times. One of those, which the Memphis game, he went four for four from downtown. So, John, some great points. Of course, seeing these guys up close both of them just do so well to fit in and of course the best way to come back from a long break is to face the best player in the league in Nikola Jokic tomorrow night for the Cavs so how important do you think it's going to be obviously this is just one game out of the last 21 for them to kind of come in and try and set some kind of tone early in this game so Nikola Jokic isn't putting up one of those 30 20 18 type stat lines yeah, well, they better. I mean, they know who they're facing. Hopefully, hopefully old Nick's still on vacation for a few more days coming back from this break. Uh, what a talent. Gee whiz, you know, he, he'll make you believe in the Nuggets real fast. You know, I, I know, you know, not a lot of people see the Nuggets on a regular basis, more and more the last couple of seasons. But this guy, 
he's something special and he's a load and he's a handful and he just does so many things so well and he makes this team tick you want to talk i mean th- this is a tricky stretch coming back i mean denver at home and then at atlanta the next night a really rough home road back to back to kick off the unofficial second half so this is a this is not an easy two game stretch for the Cavs coming up starting on Thursday, but yeah, they're going to have to handle Nick Jokic and then a, an Atlanta team that's desperate right now. Right. I mean, they make a, they make a coaching move. Uh, old friend Joe Prunty now is in the number one spot in terms of uh, assuming the coaching duties for the Hawks, but a Hawks team that's underperformed. Remember though, that a Hawks team that caught fire late last season, and maybe they're hoping they do it again this year is that team is mired right in the middle of the play in tournament spots. Uh, trying to get out of there, trying to get into the top six. So that's that's a rough little stretch. That Then Toronto looms after that in a couple of days. The Cavs have had their struggles with the Raptors this season. So a uh, tricky little stretch for the Cavs coming out of this break. Yeah, hopefully just navigate the, the rough waters, pick up a couple of Ws, and hopefully they can go from there. But, John Michael, a pleasure to have you as always. Looking forward to the next time we can get together and talk about Cleveland's finest basketball team. Zach, it's always fun catching up, my friend. Keep up the good work. And you do the same. Looking forward to hearing you tomorrow night. He's John Michael. I'm Zach Weiss, and we will see you next time on Across the Caps.